DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We got multiple topics up on uh, Facebook to discuss this morning. We were uh, discussing a little earlier in the show, you know, all the labor negotiation stuff back and forth, and the union thinks this, and the union thinks this, and the uh, owners think that. How much more can sports fans take? Uh, we got a lot of people weighing in on it here, and we've got uh, Andrew. When you're struggling to feed the family, keep the water and lights on, and trying to avoid the foreclosure letter, it just doesn't matter what these athletes do. Play, don't play. Throw in pandemics, job loss, riots, protests, and politics. Sorry, at that point, the athletes just aren't relevant. Priorities of the regular person world. And this brings the question, PK, of uh, tone deafness and... I can see where the NBA might be annoying people a little bit. I can see where baseball might be annoying people a lot. But uh, your your issues, no matter, I mean, they're your issues. You know, they're your issues. They're my issues. They're Yox issues or whatever. And they're big to us. But you were talking earlier about trying to put yourself in somebody other's shoes. And when the game start and whether the game start, I get that is, even even for people who are normally pretty big sports fans, has suddenly moved way down their list of priorities. Uh, yeah, it depends. I mean, I can't it say for depend. everybody, and yeah, it depends it on right. you know, what, what their situation. Somebody may think, wow, that's great. This is great relief. Uh, but, you know, because this person who just posted that doesn't have any opportunity to have financial gain because of it, he can say that. But as you said earlier, there's plenty of people who do have financial gain. I mean, as crazy as it was, the – golf tournament last week was that the most bet golf tournament yeah. of all time right and it was a, it was by thursday and the first round hadn't been over so there's people in that realm who rely on that to make a living so there's so many people that rely rely on it i i just think that the average person who is divorced from it completely and just views it as entertainment gets turned off by all this stuff because they view those folks as having been fortunate enough to have been blessed with the talent. They develop that talent. But, you know, if you're 5'11", you can't develop 6'8", no matter how hard you try. And those things matter. So they've been, they view these professional players as being blessed to receive a bunch of money to the point where Joe Ingles just said most NBA players, or a lot of them anyway, could retire right now and live a comfortable life because they have made so much money. And that's it. You know, when you struggle and the person who you just read, a lot of that derivative was off of financially based mortgages and rents and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have financial pressure, it's not the absolute be all. And then you have no worries in life. It doesn't work that way. But a lot of issues stem from financial pressure and a lot of anxiety, particularly now, more so than ever, certainly more so than in many, many years. And so people get irritated to see these folks not wanting to go bounce a ball or catch a ball, throw a ball, whatever it might be. And that is where it comes in. I don't think it's necessarily, maybe I'm wrong on this, but for me anyway, it isn't necessarily their politics, the shut up and dribble thing. If, if you want to go and, and be some political person on social media, have at it. And if you want to kneel, Kyler Murray came out and said yesterday he's going to kneel because he uh, uh, you know, wants to. Of course, 
I mean, you're viewed somewhat as a traitor now if you don't kneel. So the the public pressure, and you may feel it in your heart that that's what you need to do. Fine, do it. It it, it really doesn't matter to me. I don't see where it changes. You want to make changes, get at the ground level. And I don't know that kneeling makes change. You can argue that it doesn't. But some people are turned off by that politically. I'm not. They're just people. They can say whatever they want politically. That's fine. I don't hold LeBron James's opinion more so than I have James LeBron's opinion. If there's a James LeBron out there, he doesn't have any influence on me either way. Uh, but the, the fact that some folks view it as, well, you got this tremendous blessing financially and you don't want to play and you're squabbling over money or whatever it may be, that's the big turnoff to a lot of folks. And it's like, enough, enough, man. You've been blessed with this. Just go ahead and do it already. Dan says, I'm good with the no basketball. But this no baseball thing's got to stop. We need baseball. America needs baseball. And then he's got uh, the baseball, the blue heart emoji, the baseball, the blue heart emoji, the baseball, and the blue heart emoji. Dan is all in on the return of Major League Baseball. Other people have their favorites. Alex says, college football will eventually return. And uh, Mark, though, says the NCAA won't be the first to start. If one of the pro leagues doesn't start up before September, we probably won't see college football. I wonder what his logic on that is. Well, first off, I think we are going to see pro leagues start up before September. I, I, I'm 99.99999% sure the NBA is going to start up. I guess you can't be totally sure until it does, but it really feels like it's going to. And, and I still think it's better than 50-50 that baseball is going to start up. I mean, they, they may argue until the end, but I think it's just, you know, they're, they're fighting over every last dollar, but you're not going to get any dollars if you don't play. So I think they're still going to, I think they're still going to play. Yeah, I think so too. I think in, in the final analysis and, and, and I, I can respect to an extent people thinking, does this hurt the social cause? Because they're thinking about the cause. And if you're thinking about the cause, I find that good. If you're thinking about it. Now, I, I'm like Charles Barkley, out of sight, out of mind. He meet, That's a literal quote that he had. To me, if you want the cause to further enhance it, be in the spotlight. You can do more. I 100% buy that. Get up on the stage. Get in the spotlight. The reason we know you in the first place is because you're on the stage and in the spotlight. That's, you know, I mean, there, there's uh, 350 whatever college basketball teams times uh, 12 guys. You know, there's no chance we know all of them. But then you look at how many of the NBA players we know, and granted, you don't know a lot of guys 13, 14, and 15 around the league. But we, we can name a lot of NBA players, and it's because the NBA is such a big stage. I think that it won't hurt the cause well, when they play, and I do think it's when, not if. And I think it won't hurt it because they are concerned if it will hurt it. So that awareness alone, they'll make sure that they're still doing something that helps people, that helps people overcome hurdles and the issues that are in front of them and makes change. So I think just the very fact they're discussing it shows that they it's important to them and they're going to find a way to do something through all of this. I don't know what it'll be. Um, I mean, we've seen stuff in the past. You can assume somebody's going to write something on their shoes, and you can assume a team is going to have uh, T-shirts on. Uh, you know, when they do the starting lineups, but and I assume that we'll hear someone 
say something in a in a post game walk off interview. I assume someone will uh, communicate with one of the national guys, and there'll be some piece, you know, that's a deeper dive. And it's a, it's not like you in the newspaper days when you know you only had so much space. If, if you want to do ten thousand words or fifteen thousand words, well, then you do it. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see that. But I think all of that stuff gets pushed forward and is easier to do if they're playing. Yeah, and you can do 10,000 and 15,000 all you want. No one's going to read all that, but have at it. Have at it. To me, the bottom line with this is whatever social issues you want to talk about, and there's plenty to talk about, they're not going to be solved by October anyway. So your line of thinking, I think, is flawed if that's what you're thinking because, well, we can't play until – when so we'll see you in two thousand years from now. I mean, so there certainly by the start of next season, whatever ails us is not going to be cured. It's going—I don't know that it'll ever be cured. It's going—it'll go on. What what it needs to happen? Individuals need to find ways to improve their lives through opportunities that are presented to them, however they may be, and kneeling and and posting squares and those are all fine, but it's. In the end, it's up to the individual to take advantage of it, and hopefully there's more opportunities for the individual to take advantage of it. So if they want to do that, that's okay. But I, I do think to a large extent people get a little turned off by it because they make so much money, and somehow the more money you make, I think, and, and I'm put me in this category, the less we should view you as having the uh, right to complain all right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We got Craig Bullerjack coming up. Stay with us. Buller's on the way. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Craig Bullerjack. TV voice of the Utah Jazz is coming up in just a couple of minutes. Uh, PK, we got a tweet here who says that list you saw was ranking the teams on health, not ability. And Doesn't ranked- matter. Because? Because Phoenix is out without Obre, they're without Kaminsky, and you're telling me they're in a better spot than the Jazz without Bogdanovich? I don't buy it. So Phoenix should be 22 and the Jazz should be 21. Well, I'd have to go through every Everybody's other team. Everybody's roster, yeah. The Wizards well, are without John Wall. You're telling me they're a better team? That's two <laughs> off the top of my head. The Spurs are without, without LaMarcus Aldridge. Aldridge. Yep. That's three off the top of my head. Yeah, I saw it. It doesn't matter. That that Who cares? That still, I don't put them at 22nd. All right, we'll run this by Bowler. Uh, he'll be coming up here in a few minutes. Uh, we got a question up on the uh, Facebook page, and we can work on this the rest of the show. You've got, uh, uh, we need some good news. What do you got? Anything going on, PK, that's really pumping you up? Absolutely. The hills are alive with the sound of music. Oh, thank you. Jonathan says traffic has been a breeze, I guess. Okay. Yeah, air pollution is down. Positive. Yes. It's Father's Day weekend coming upon us. See, that just makes a lot of golf fans sad because Father's Day weekend should mean U.S. Open. Phil, can he get it done? No, he can't. He just turned 50. I know. 
Well, I mean, there's going to be golf, though. So how about that? There is going to be golf. Yeah, and there will be the U.S. Open. These things aren't going away for good. They're not retired. They didn't die. The Open set up for September. The Masters in November. So we're going to have football, golf weekend, doubleheaders, it looks like. And basketball, triple headers, baseball, quadruple headers. How about that? Yeah. Come on, man. Think about it. Think about it, Dave. That's what I ask you. Just think <laughs> about it. Justin says, ice cold pickles are the best. Well, sometimes, you know, you leave them in there, and this has happened. So in the winter, I don't eat a lot of pickles. But in the spring and summer and fall, I'll be more inclined to eat pickles. Well, we had some burgers the other day. We take out the pickle jar. It's literally frozen, the whole thing. So I couldn't have pickles on my burger. And pickles on my burger, they are an absolute must. Relish on my hot dog, pickles on my burger. Those are things that have to happen. Those are the condiments that must be on. Relish dog, pickles burger. And I couldn't have it. I felt naked to the world. That would be a pickle sickle, right? Completely frozen. Well, I found myself in a pickle not being able to have pickles. Pickles are one of those foods, and olives would be another one. I have to think if there are more. But pickles and olives. Food I will not eat by itself. Like, you'll know, order a deli sandwich and they'll give you a pickle slice. I would, I would never eat that. Oh, now, I totally would. If they're, if they're well, yeah, mine. Uh, if they're sliced in on a sandwich, awesome. Olives. Well, slice them and put them on a sandwich. Olives, you know, in a salad or cooked in something, fine. But to just like pick up olives and start eating them like grapes? No, no, I'm not doing that. I don't want olives anywhere. I, I wish olives were never created. Really? Yeah, I'll extend an olive branch, but I do not want an olive coming back at me. Yeah. And everybody knows they used to call me OB in high school for olive branch. I was constantly extending olive branches. This would wreck it for you. My mom used to make lasagna and put olives on it, and that was fine. Man, you, you do not want any olives anywhere near your lasagna, do you? I don't think my mother did, so no. She is my complete and total uh, how I view food of the Italian version. It's coming through my mother, yes. I can't even eat meatballs. I can't eat meatballs anymore unless really? they're from – Because my mother's meatballs were the absolute best, and – when we would go down 11 Lafayette Street in West Orange, that's where my mother grew up. That's where my grandmother grew up. That's where she raised her family, my mother, her siblings. There was always meatballs and what they called gravy on a pot on the stove at all times. It didn't matter. There was really? always there. So there was always uh, meatballs were always available, and the sauce was cooking. So then if you just needed to heat up the, the macaroni, the lasagna, the ravioli, the monocotti, whatever it might be, you could do that. But you had to have that being go- that had to be going in the first place. So that was always, and the smell of that was always there at all times, no matter what. That sounds good. Probably smelled really good before you. Absolutely, have. yes. No question. Smelled good one, and then you could always have something to eat. You're growing yes. up. I need a snack. He's a growing boy. Get him some food. Bingo. <laughs> nice. All right, DJ and PK, time to welcome in 
Craig Bowler, Jack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Bowler, good morning. Hey, DJ. OB, how are you? Good. <laughs> I like it. You're an olive branch kind of guy, honestly. I mean, I can see it. Well, the, the way I looked at it is... I offended so much and needed forgiveness <laughs> that I, of all people, had to forgive because I was constantly needing forgiveness. Yep. See, you have that self-awareness, but that's really everybody. And it's good <laughs> that you have that self-awareness, but really, who would listen to that and think, oh, yeah, not me. Stop it. I'll just go ahead and raise my hand right now. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I can. <laughs> you can probably everybody, put your hand up there. Everybody Bowler. raise their hand, man, but keep a hand on the wheel, right? Right, right absolutely. <laughs> OB, I like it. So, uh, Bowler, yes. expectations for the Jazz. We're starting to see power rankings come out, and they all spin it a little different. You know, who's been hurt most by injuries? Or right. just a straight-up power rank. Who are the best teams now? What are you expecting out of the Jazz coming back? This is a team that did start fast at the start of the season this year. A lot of Quinn Snyder's teams have not, but this one did. So is that a sign that they could start fast again here? Because obviously the eight regular season games into the playoffs, you know, you don't have two months to get it going. You're going to have a couple weeks of regular season, and after a week of playoffs, you could be done. So I'm not a, I'm not a real believer in these rankings that everybody keeps you know throwing out you know 12 now you hear 22 come on I mean come on there are so many variables what is is facing each and every team and I heard you guys talking about before I came on there's our there are teams that are you know John Wall yes PK you're right and and uh, Lamarcus Aldridge of San Antonio I, I I don't buy the fact that Jazz is the 22nd best team that's going to be in Orlando I mean it's dead last I don't I don't buy it. Uh, because, again, I still want to see how teams, uh, how quick they, they have to hit the floor quick, right? Uh, and also, everyone has to be bought in. And also, the mental part of this entire Orlando experiment, as I've always believed, is going to be one of high mental stress. And so who, what team, what, what, what combination of players are going to be able to survive that, guys? For if you're the last two teams standing, what is it, 70 days in the so-called bubble? I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of time. And I know they're going to try to bring family in just before, what, the Eastern or Western Conference Finals. But, man, that's a long haul. So I think the variables that are facing each and every team are going to play out differently differently for every team. Even though the Jazz have lost Bogdanovich to the, to the surgery on his wrist, I mean, you know, you talked to Joe earlier. Ingles plays a big factor here. Um, obviously, Jordan Clarkson plays a big factor here. And then the other one I have to go to is Mike Conley because you referenced the Jazz and the start, and he is going to be a major factor in coming back and hopefully understanding the system and playing with Donovan Mitchell and what those roles are because there's multiple ball handlers. And Mike Conley, as we know, was used to being the main guy in Memphis, but you know he he knows that other players are going to bring the ball into the front court. So, I mean, look, look what we just talked about. There's a lot of things that are going on, and I just think the team that's going to put it all together and get it together mentally as well is going to have a have a good opportunity down in Orlando. 
Yeah, I agree on those three players that you listed, Conley, Ingles, and Clarkson. I would also throw Niang in there because if I'm Niang, I'm salivating at this opportunity because this injury now, it's been known about for weeks. So it's not like during the season you're going with one lineup and this is your rotation and all of a sudden somebody's out and you have to adjust on the fly. They're not adjusting on the fly here because they know full well and they've known for weeks. So the first time, even right now, is they're having the individual workouts, Niang, knows I've got a golden opportunity here and I'm barely just getting started in my career and so if I go out particularly in a situation in Orlando where there's going to be a heightened attention span on the NBA because of the circumstances we've heard that ratings are expected to be through the roof so people are going to be watching the league and its executives are going to be watching so Niang has an opportunity here to make himself some more money establish himself as far as his place in the league because they know full well that you're going to be needed and when the team gathers in practice they already know Bogdanovich is out it's not something that's happening overnight it's something that's already cemented and going to be that way so there's a bunch of guys you know you look at Joe and and Conley and even Clarkson to an extent not as much as as Ingles and Conley those guys are established in the league now they've been in the league for a number of years Clarkson's an impending free agent still has an opportunity to make himself some big time money so you look at Clarkson and Yang what a golden opportunity they have to show what they can do with Bogdanovich not there. What did Jerry Sloan always say, PK and Mm -hmm. DJ? There's Mm -hmm. always the 29 (laughs) other teams that you're auditioning for. A lot of players should take this as that opportunity if you're right about the eyeballs being on the back on the NBA. So George, I mean, we all know George, uh, the minivan. He's a, a fun guy, but also a passionate guy. Who knows, as you just said, this is a great opportunity. And the Jazz gave that to him prior to to the COVID-19 virus shutdown, remember. They made decisions to go after Jeff Green was released to say, hey, George, you know what, pal, go. And he should have some confidence, too, PK, in that regard, that before all this went down, and even before, as you said, the injury uh, to Bogey, is that he has an opportunity to make him to solidify himself even more so in this jazz rotation. Craig Bolajack joining us here, DJ and PK. Is there anybody else who's uh, been a little buried you think hey, might have a chance to break out? Uh, maybe because guys can't play big minutes, maybe because Bogdanovich is gone. Is there a chance for somebody else to uh, make a splash here? Well, the first name that comes to mind, when he's gotten minutes, I've been intrigued because of his ability to change the pace of a game and playing with Jordan Clarkson, and that's Emmanuel Moutier, who no one's even really spoke about. So maybe he plays some minutes. Um, You know, he's more mid-range, but also he has the ability, as we've watched him drive and finish at the rim, and he's a strong player at 6'3", so... I'm just throwing that in the basket. I've always kind of felt like, you know, the Jazz brought him in to try to help develop his game, and at times you've seen it. Uh, He may be also another player with the time off, has looked back at film, talked to coaches, and maybe understands his role even more. So I would throw him in in that group a little bit as well with the second unit. What do you think of some of this stuff that's been out there as far as, well, we can't play because of social cause and Kyrie Irving, I don't know if it's true or not, but floating the idea of forming their own league? Is is that just a bunch of people up in the night? Yeah, PK, look, man, ask the NFL, those in the XFL who tried over 
well, compete. I don't think they ever thought they could over overwhelm or take over the, what the NFL's popularity is. But the, I hope Kyrie understands what it takes to build a league and the length of time and the ownership groups and, most importantly, television revenue and the contracts that go with that, uh, advertisers who believe. Um, I don't believe that's a possibility. Um, I really don't. I mean, the, the players, look, fans expect the highest of level of talent. And the G League is there for a reason to help develop that. And you've got the most talented players on the 30 teams that can possibly, in fact, some believe the talent sometimes is watered down with 30. It'd be better with 22, uh, 26 teams instead of 30. And that's why you don't hear that much talk about expansion. So, no, I, I, I think that's kind of a shot in the dark, to be honest, or just a, a convert, you know, just a statement made without really taking it really too far in, in, the, in the thinking process. But, uh, you know, I know the players want to make sure the momentum of what is going on in our country is not diluted by them returning. And I think you can look at it two ways, maybe one way. I mean, I understand – you know, that the the message has to continue and the progress has to be made. Can they make that statement even better on the stage that has been given them uh, on national television worldwide, by the way? And I, I don't know how they want to go about doing that, but I think the league is behind that that message 100%. 100%. So, you know, again, uh, who wants to step forward and make the message even stronger, and how can they do it? And I think that's something that has to be formulated by the players themselves. Yeah, I'm with you, Bowler. You know, there was an era when you could start up a league, and those people lost a lot of money and had a lot of passion. But we saw it in football. We saw it in basketball. We saw it in hockey. We didn't see it in baseball, though. Uh, but but now to think you could compete with the with the head start the NFL and Major League Baseball and the NBA have – how would that that you would need pockets so deep that 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 just couldn't happen? So as you uh, as you watch this going forward now, um, you know we talked about the Jazz and you expect expectations out of them. Are there? Do you expect most of the teams to come back and basically be who they were, or are there a couple teams you're looking at like this team could take a hit and this team maybe could could be better? Well, you know what? When they make that announcement. Uh, on the 24th next week on players who have decided not to play and they alert their teams, then we can kind of really see who's going to be impacted the most. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what you two think. Uh, I don't know if when it comes down to the uh, to the uh, to the 11th hour, what they call it, you know, that your decision, tell me what you want, what are you going to do? You can talk all you want, but you can also say, look, I'm going to play. Paycheck speak pretty loudly. But some of some players uh, at a highest level don't need the money in a, in a lot of ways. Those eight checks or those eight games, uh, maybe they feel like the statement may make is is more important than the money they would bring in. So I'm anxious to see uh, who, if any, decide not to participate, and then you can kind of you know determine who impacts what team. But I still go on the fact that. You know, you can talk about LeBron and what he's been through and the championships and Antetokounmpo and the hunger he has and Kawhi, the kind of the quiet assassin and the championship he won in Toronto and why he went to L.A. for the Clippers. I mean, all those storylines are going to come into play, but 
I still think there's a team, PK, DJ, that is going to sneak in, pull some upsets, and be a factor. Could it be the Jazz? I don't know. But, you know, I know Jazz fans would love that to be the case. But I think there's a couple of teams like Denver, uh, maybe even Portland, just because of the backcourt and, and the health that is returned to the Blazers. I mean, Damian Lillard's a competitor. McCollum, those guys are tough. I mean, if they're focused more than the the, the, the team's expected to win, then I think, you know, it's kind of a wide-open market there. Uh, and I think there'll be some surprises. I really do. The way I look at it is the Jazz should have as much edge to them as anybody because they're the team that triggered this. Now, it was bound to happen, but nevertheless, we know it was the Rudy Gobert situation, and Rudy took a lot of grief and all that, and that thing of him touching the microphones was played over and over again. And and I saw some stuff on social media where he was being blamed and being called the – horrendous names and all that stuff and so to me the way i look at it is and we all know about the unsalvageable relationship and all this other stuff uh, the best way to shut all that up is to go out there and ball to the highest level so if i look at teams who have an edge i put the jazz right there with any team yeah no you make a great point you know what it could go you know either way because now you hear rudy and trade talk when the season is completed, but you know what? You make a great point. They can quit all the all that conversation, and the Jazz then have to make a decision about paying two really extremely talented players in two opposite ways a lot of money that they're going to stay together. But could they make that statement and say, "Here's why you need to keep us both"? Yes, absolutely. Can Mike Conley prove why he's uh, one of the highly respected guards in the league? Absolutely. Can Donovan take his game to the next level? What did Quinn Snyder say last week on first take? He believed that Donovan would use Orlando to take his game yet to another level, to be a leader. And that's a big comment from from the coach. Maybe I'm paraphrasing exactly the quote, but that was what he was intending to, to say was, he believes in Donovan Mitchell that he can play at the next level, and that that superstar level, right? I mean, he's already, he's already an all star. So, I mean, in his third year, at the end of his third year, uh, that to me is a so- solid statement by a head coach who believes Donovan Mitchell has even more to give. So, why not put it on the stage in Orlando and and lead the Jazz? And maybe the, again, like I said, I think all teams. It's almost like we talked about last week. You know, March Madness brings out some incredible moments, right? Uh, and everyone believes they have the, the, that opportunity to be Cinderella. I don't see this being any different. This is the most unique situation ever in the NBA. And so why not? Why not go out and be that team? And I guess we're going to find out real soon. So I think there are things when when you uh, delve deeper into that Quinn Snyder comment, I think there are things that we just kind of generally look for that most NBA players have to improve on. Most guys have to come a, become a better passer off the dribble. Booner always talks about that. Uh, can you get your scoring average to 20 points a game? That's a barrier that always, you break that, people look at you different. They're like, well, you're scoring 20 points a game. That's a pretty big number. And if you're really going to be elite, can you break 25? Now, Donovan's not there yet, but he's averaging 24 points a game. But I think we also look at guys like, well, are you better in the second half and the fourth quarter? We've seen Donovan do that multiple times where he hasn't had much in the way of stats at halftime, and he ends up having a huge game. So I think the next thing is, are you really good in the last two minutes or the last 30 seconds, the last possession? And 
are you really better in the postseason? So when you when I hear that Quinn Snyder quote and I hear you repeat it, the question I have is, is Mitchell going to be able to dominate in the postseason? Because that's harder to do than being the guy in a regular season. But without Bogdanovich spreading the floor, I wonder if it's a little bit of Groundhog Day with what we saw last year and how teams defend the Jazz. They ought to be better shooting from the perimeter, but I don't know if they're going to be good enough. It still seems like all eyes are going to be on stopping Donovan. Well, I, I would agree. I think, you know, game plan, and it's pretty easy, is to crowd him off the three-point line, double him. That's where Joe Ingles comes into play or Jordan Clarkson, too. And where Quinn Snyder, DJ again, how he's going to rotate players in and out and take advantage of the best matchups. So the chess match will be there. Opportunity for Quinn to, to excel at his, at his craft will be there as well. Look, Bogey is a 20-point guy, as you just said. That's special. Plus 41% from outside. That's special. So, yeah, they're going to definitely miss him. Uh, the Jazz have always liked to say, look, we have some depth, and every team will always say this too, next man up, I get it. But in reality, uh, in Orlando, that plays out more and more. It's, it's going to – it's who, who's the deeper team and what star uh, can take, like you just said, take their game even up at that next notch and the postseason in crunch time? Can he fight through double teams? Um, that 25-point mark is a tough one. 20's tough. 25's insane. I think the one thing, too, PK, DJ, uh, Donovan sometimes is a slow starter. And where he is so dominant and ex- exciting is that he's been able to bring the team back, the Jazz back, in third and fourth quarters. What if he is able to be more consistent uh, throughout the entire four quarters of basketball and really get the Jazz off to a better start and then also finish? So, those are all things I'm excited to you know, get a chance to call a few of these games. Uh, even though it's not going to be in Orlando, we're going to do it. We're going to do it the best job we can. I just want to play some ball. And hopefully it's safe, it's, it's fun, and hopefully it's a, it's a restart that we all need. Bowler, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. All right. OB, be good. DJ, talk. <laughs> See you. <laughs> OB. <laughs> oh, B. <laughs> I can learn to live with that. I'm an olive branch extender. Yeah, when he first said it, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, uh, <laughs> I wasn't figuring it out. And I, I heard OB, I'm like, Odell Beckham? What is he getting at? What are we talking about? <laughs> olive branch. OBJ. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, well, I, w- I was struggling. I'll, I'll fully admit I was struggling. But olive branch, Kinnan. OB. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and the Zone Sports Network. No, it ain't my fault. All right, we got a new game starting, PK. This is how our listeners are. When you hear OB, you think dot, dot, dot. 
<laughs> Jill immediately said, when I heard OB, we just had Craig Bullerjack on, and, and he nicknamed PK OB because PK was talking about extending the olive branch. I nicknamed myself that, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, Jill says, when I hear OB, I think Ocean Beach. Ocean Beach? Okay, yeah, fine. You think New Jersey, I think San Diego, Ocean Beach. There must be ocean beaches all over the place. Well, there's a community. There's a town. It's about an hour outside of Philadelphia. You you take the freeway outside of Philly, and you'd run. If you kept going east, you'd run right into Atlantic City. You turn right. It's about uh, 12 to 15 miles south of that. It's called Ocean City. There's an Ocean City, Maryland, but the Ocean City, New Jersey. And the thing about Ocean City, New Jersey, I've been going there for decades and I tried to go every couple of years, and it hadn't changed a lick. It's oh, really? A, oh, no, it's the same stuck, town. Stuck in time? Yeah, it's awesome, and it's a dry community. They do not sell alcohol in the town. And they also don't build new buildings or tear old ones down? Uh, maybe a little, some condos and whatnot, but uh, most it's a, it's a huge, huge vacation place. Jack Ramsey had a place there. Pat Croce, remember, used to own the uh, Sixers? Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a place there. A lot of South Jersey, a lot of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania people will go there. And it's a family-oriented community. You walk up and down on the boardwalk. People do it. I mean, it's, you do the same thing. And, the, you know, they have the pizza places, the cheesesteaks, the uh, ice cream. And they don't have uh, – some of the places in Jersey have the uh, wheels where you can put money down. And, and if the thing stops on your whatever color or number, you can win a prize. They don't have any of that. It is. They advertise it as the ultimate family community. It's awesome. Love, love very much going there. So, does all of New York and Philly go there? Is this is this like a major destination? It wouldn't be so much New York. It would be more the South. It's it's more the Pennsylvania folk. Okay. Uh, There's plenty of beaches for New York. Uh, You don't necessarily need to travel those two hours to get to that one but it's where my, my sister went to school in the in south jersey and ended up going there and so i picked up on it like in 1972 my brother-in-law i've told you about being my mentor he managed a big slide there you take the burlap bags and you slide down oh, yeah that's the one thing that isn't there they replaced it and did put up some uh condos and use it for a parking lot and so i used to get the bags and you did uh, you'd go through a dryer, and then they'd take the bag and walk up the stairs and get to the top. And so there's a bunch of college kids that did it, and I was I was a grade schooler at the time. And then you'd put people would help you sit down in the bag, and then at the bottom they'd help you stand up. And there was one time I'm up at the top helping doing people get in the burlap bag and slide down. You know, you have separate lanes. You see, they they have that stuff at fairs. I'm sure you've seen it, the big slides. Yeah. And uh, so there was a guy down at the bottom, and his name was Neil. And one of the guys was trying to get his attention. He's yelling, Neil! Neil! And he looks down, there's this 12-year-old girl who's kneeling. She's all petrified. <laughs> supposed to sit on your butt, not Neil. But he's yelling, Neil, to get the attention of the guy down at the bottom. She thought that he was yelling at her, telling her to kneel. Right? For whatever reason, that has stuck with me all these years, and I thought it was funny. Hey, Brooks says, uh, when I hear OB, I think hole number 18 at Hobble Creek Golf Course. Oh, man, you got the road along the right side, and you've got some trees along the left side. It's a par five, but if you can man and harp, and Hobble Creek in general is not a very long course, and the key is keeping it in the fairway. If you can keep it in the fairway, you have a chance to score well, but if you spray it, 
you have a chance to really, really screw up because yeah, it's very, very, it's very tight. For a lefty like me, it means the trees they're always in play. I don't right. have the road necessarily because I don't slice to the right. So, right uh, for a right-handed golfer, slicing to the road into uh, the what? What canyon is that called? Spanish Fork Canyon? Hobble is that Creek Canyon. Hobble Creek Canyon. Yeah, yeah. and so uh, it goes way back. I mean, miles and miles into that canyon. Technically, you actually can link up with Strawberry Reservoir. If you oh, can Strawberry. you really? Yeah. yeah, I did not know that. It's I mean, that's not how far paved it goes. all the way out there. But okay, you can take. But is it a pretty good dirt road? Depends on the time of the year and yeah, obviously. In and, but in the summer, yeah, during the summer you probably make it. Yeah, four. But four. you got the Hobble Creek is just an absolute gem. I mean, it's unbelievable how sweet Hobble Creek is for a public course. It's right in the canyon there, and you've got the hills right on your feel like you're right on top of you. You go in the fall, the colors are spectacular. Uh, Hobble Creek, really, really, my gosh. I mean, it's just another one in Utah golf that is spectacular. And it'll always, it'll always hold a special place in my heart because that's where I recorded my one and only hole-in-one. Hole Which uh, hole? Number six, 165 yards. It was on October 1st, 2015. The reason why I know that is because I was using a Callaway ball, and someone told my wife that uh, if you send it in, they'll send you a plaque. And you don't have to pay for it. And that's exactly so what I did, or what she did, actually. So she put it up on my wall, and I'm looking at it right now. Callaway, hole-in-one, Patrick Kinahan, hole number six, 165 yards, Hobble Creek, October 1st, 2015. And she started yelling because we couldn't see it go in. You had to, uh, there's a little bridge you can walk across. And as I was walking across it and approaching the green, I, was like, I mean, I knew I hit the ball well. And I couldn't see the ball, and it was not on the fringe. So about the last 15 yards, I thought to myself, there's a chance that this puppy is sitting at the bottom of the cup. And she drove the cart around. I, we, I like to walk as much as I can and then have the cart available when I need it if I get tired. And so she drove the cart up, and you have to go past the hole a little bit, come across another bridge. And so I saw she figured out, too, wait a second, I'm not seeing the ball. She started yelling so much that the people in the hole ahead of us, which is around the corner up the hill a little bit, separated by trees, they told the folks at the clubhouse, that I must have had a hole-in-one because they heard her yelling. And it was a weekday, and there wasn't a whole lot of people there in October. And so when we made the turn, the folks were there asking me, and they took my picture and put it on their Facebook page. Nice. <laughs> Jared, you know Jared Eborn, tweets at us, sure. obstetrics. He hears OB, he thinks obstetrics. Oh, most definitely I think of obstetrics. Yeah, of course. I don't even know what obstetrics means to think of obstetrics. I can't even say it. Medical. Doctor. OBGYN. Obstetrics. Well, I'll be. (laughs) All right. DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Stay with us.